throughout Britain, men and women are foregoing the 9 to 5 jobs introduced during the Industrial Age as they embrace new technologies within the digital revolution. And these two chaps are here to help. Welcome to the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, the show about mindfulness and entrepreneurship in the digital economy, with your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Talk about getting up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. You've been proper miserable today. I have been so grumpy. Proper grumpy. Proper, proper grumpy. So I had to take you for a fry-up. For a fry-up. Yeah. And almost a meditation session. I had to biohack you into happiness. I have been biohacked to hell this morning. (laughs) (laughs) All thanks to my good friend Jamie is here. What I have to do, man. It's what I have to do for the podcast. For the podcast. And speaking of podcasts, here we are. Welcome. To episode... 37. Boom. Do you know what's really weird? What, do you know a fun fact about 37? I do know a fun fact about 37. Do you know what? The what? latest Ask Gary V show has been episode 37. Boom. Sorry, bro. We totally didn't plan that. That's pretty People cool, listening aren't even going to understand because we haven't even told ta- ta- them what the episode is about. But well, maybe you should explain. Well, funnily enough, this is essentially the Gary Vaynerchuk episode without Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> it's our attempt to get Gary Vaynerchuk on in spirit, but yeah. we're just going to talk through him. We're like channeling him. You know, yeah. like those seances. We're, we're going to be like the Derek Akora <laughs> of Gary Vaynerchuk. We've got our Ouija board here. It spells out Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> We've got a little shot glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're holding hands. <laughs> yeah, obviously, you can't see that. <laughs> That's anyway. not my hand. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> So, yes, so um, we've been both paying attention to Gary Vaynerchuk a lot lately. We have. We have. I mean, we always pay attention to Gary Vaynerchuk. And because Vaynerchuk. of his new podcast. And I just want to say one technical thing while we're at it, Wayne. Mm-hmm. Try not to talk at me. Talk at the microphone because it might not pick us up. I know you kind of feel the urge to. Okay. But I know you want to look me in the face, but for the... But for it the... adds a little bit more... Okay, well, oral, as long as... Long, as, long as... Maybe. As long as it's Our picking way. us up, that's all good. It's fine. We want to make sure the audience are getting good okay. quality audio. Okay. We've changed the studio up a little bit. We'll send out some pictures to show you how we're rolling. Yeah. We were having two separate microphones, and now we're trying it on one microphone, because it's a better microphone, so hence the pep talk from Gem there. Sorry anyway. about that, guys. So, yeah, so we've been paying attention to Gary V um, a lot, mainly because I think of his Ask Gary V show on YouTube. Check it out. YouTube and iTunes, actually. I've been listening to it on the podcast a lot more. I'm more of a YouTube man, so... Boom. Let's boom. go. Why do I keep saying boom? I don't know. Sounds good. Boom. There cool. <laughs> so, what are we going to be talking about today? Um, so, we have both watched the Inbound keynote Although, from 2012. Yeah, a while back. Can't believe I only just watched it. I know. It's I know. embarrassing. Um, but, you know, it's all very much still relevant. And because of the Ask OV show as well, we've been paying attention to that. So we kind of thought it'd be nice to do an episode, just me and Jem, which has been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Um, just me and Jem talking about Gary V's philosophy on everything. Kind of, we want to just sort of curate it all down into yeah. a sort of potion that will uh-huh. just give you more bang for your bucks. You don't have to watch the several hundred videos we probably watched of his, but we're going to show you kind of the bits that stuck out for us, mm-hmm. which we think will be beneficial for you. Yes. So, yeah, that, that's essentially the episode, the idea behind the episode. So, uh, where to begin? Where to begin? Well, I think a great place to begin is what what you've actually talked about all the time, but it's kind mm-hmm. of what um, Gary Vee says, and it's all about like how we all have to become a sort of media company. Yes. So, 
Do you want to explain what he means by that? Yeah, so his kind of take on it um, is the idea that we are all, because we're all connected to the internet and social media, we're all publishing content. We're all creating content. Whether that is, look at what I had for breakfast, look what I had for lunch, look what I had for dinner. Or or I do a podcast. Or that. (laughs) So everybody's publishing content, if that's just a tweet every day. Everybody's publishing content. So, therefore, we are trying to grab everyone's attention by, with the content that we put out, essentially. Um, and that obviously has many effects on, A, consumer behaviour, and B, on business behaviour as well. Because we're in a very, very noisy... It's, it's become a cliche, but we're in a very noisy world now um, where everybody is vying for everybody's attention. Um, and so where Gary Vaynerchuk really thrives is in utilising that consumer behaviour to get better quality and actually I wouldn't say more attention I'd say better quality attention definitely I think people I think what he's trying to say is be more mindful of the fact of of the kind of content you're putting out like Mm -hmm. what kind of attention do you want Mm -hmm. it's like always the people with the CVs or people who go have a job say like don't be sharing that picture of you pissed on the weekend because Mm -hmm. is that the kind of attention you want to bring to yourself Uh and I think that's really what Gary V's saying is like whether you're a business or just an individual like what kind of attention do you want like be really mindful of of what kind of attention you're drawing in Mm -hmm. exactly um and also a key thing to take I'm, I think we should probably say actually I would check out the inbound keynote from 2012 which we'll, on YouTube we'll link it in the, in the blog post yeah. after anyway um, because I think it will give you a lot of context behind what we're saying which actually I'm going to bridge that in there because one of Gary Vaynerchuk's th- key things and he f- particularly covers this in his book Jab 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 Right Hook um, is if content is king then mm-hmm. context is God. He actually said Queen. No, he didn't. No, he said he God. He did say God, didn't he? But I wrote Queen. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, context is God, which is, again, what we just spoke about there. Like, you have to know what are you putting it out for? What is the reason behind why you're putting out that mm-hmm. content? Mm-hmm. So, do you want to go into that a little? Um, well, I mean, it's tough because I haven't read Jab, 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 Right Hook. You have, I believe. I have. I can lend it to you. Um that would be great actually cool we'll sort that out yes we will um, so yeah I think you are probably the more the better person to explain the context thing okay I, I, I think the main thing that sort of people really really miss out on is I think in terms of business especially is people kind of say okay I'm on most people are on Facebook so mm-hmm. they might have like a Facebook page and then what mm-hmm. they do is they link up their Twitter they link up their Tumblr they link up their LinkedIn and then they put out a post say onto like Facebook and then that, that same post then gets put out on all these other channels mm-hmm. and then what Gary V is really trying to say is like okay it's great that you're now available on every single uh-huh. channel but what you've just done is jumped into a conversation with with a different language he's saying mm-hmm. well Facebook has a Facebook language so you're speaking English on Facebook mm-hmm. but then every other channel has its own separate language mm-hmm. and then suddenly your English post is going out on all those channels and it's just confusing people because suddenly the picture's not the same size that it should be for Twitter so it doesn't show properly or uh-huh the kind of people that are on Pinterest are not the kind of same people that you have on your Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he tries to say is that actually, okay, it's great that you're now involved in that social media world, but if you're actually putting out a certain, like Facebook-worthy content but then hoping that it's going to apply to all the other channels, mm-hmm. then you're just playing a stupid game. And I think 
that's what he really tries to say is that it's actually hard to speak in several channels mm -hmm. in the language of the channel mm -hmm. and he actually says well actually instead of doing that why not just be really good at speaking in say Facebook language yeah. and hold back and just say look at the moment we don't have the capacity to talk on every channel yeah. and it's better to be really good on one than just trying to cover all for just the sake of it. Yeah and I, I was going to touch on that a little bit as well you know I think there's so much temptation because everyone's on Instagram that you're like, I need to get on Instagram. Yeah. It's like, well, because I don't, I'm on Instagram. I'm rubbish at Instagram. I don't mm -hmm. really use Instagram because for me, I much prefer kind of ping, pinging up a, a picture onto my Twitter mm -hmm. than doing it through Instagram and then going, put that on Twitter, put that on Facebook. And actually, Gary Vee would frown at that as well. Definitely. It would be better just to put your picture on Instagram, then put your picture on Twitter through Twitter and then put a separate picture fitted to all the specs and stuff for Facebook on Facebook mm -hmm. um, and plus it's just totally different context like the same picture that you put on Instagram like people say oh, actually is that just uh, visual into your world is that your personal is Instagram more about showing who you are and mm -hmm. then is Twitter more about sort of sharing um, I don't know articles it's, um, is it having a conversation he says like you can uh, Twitter's great because you can jump in and out of conversation I think uh -huh. a lot of people say well I'm on these channels but they really don't understand what is what is the language of the channel how yeah. do people communicate in that channel and I think it's as also it's it's knowing why people are on that channel mm -hmm. a lot of people are on most people are on Facebook to communicate with friends and family yeah that's what most people are on Facebook for so therefore if you are a brand um, that's invading in their that you're essentially coming into their home mm -hmm. in that respect. Well, I think he says that, actually. Yeah. He says, think of it like that. Yeah. And I actually really like the metaphor he uses for Twitter. Have you heard this one? Yeah, go on. Oh, where well, it's like it's dropping like a, in. A, a cocktail party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go on, explain it. Um, so, basically, it's just that. He, he looks at Twitter as it's a big party, and you're just dropping in on people's conversations, kind of introducing yourself, kind of going, oh, yeah, you're talking about that? This is my opinion. Mm -hmm. Okay, bye. And you're off to the next crowd. And um, I think that's a really nice metaphor for it. And I think if you start to understand those metaphors... What Gary Vee says is it then becomes a lot easier to understand how you should be posting on those things. So on Facebook, for example, you should be engaging with uh, your customers or, or your network like they are friends mm -hmm. because that's what they're on Facebook for. Um, and with Twitter, you should be engaging with them like it is a party and you're just going, here's my two cents. Bye. Yeah. And I think what he says, like especially in jab, 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 left hook, he's saying like right hook. people... Right hook, left hook, right hook, right hook, that's the one. <laughs> Whatever hook you want to take, whether you're left-handed, right-handed. But um, what he tries to say is that, um, you've thrown me off now. Sorry. But what he says, like, especially with Facebook, a lot of people kind of just put onto Facebook, like, oh, buy, buy my new latest whatever gadget mm -hmm. or whatever you're creating. Mm -hmm. And that's like walking into someone's house and then putting up a bloody banner on their bedroom wall and just <laughs> yeah. saying, like, buy my stuff. And he's like, actually, I don't. that's not very polite of you. Mm -hmm. So people need to really think about that. Mm -hmm. And Michael Hyatt makes a similar point as well with things. Um, when he's talking about building his platform, he says, you know, the worst thing you can do is when you make a blog post or you post out content and people reply and then you don't reply. It's like being at a dinner party, standing up and going, I have something to say. <laughs> and then walking out the room. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's that sort of thing as well. And I think this is where what Gary Vee is saying is, is really important. The reason that so few people stand out on social media at the moment is because they're doing just that. They're putting out their content and then they're not putting in the effort afterwards. He, he kind of puts a nice metaphor in, in the keynote out uh, where he says, so, and he, he does apologise that it could come across as sexist, he says, but this is partly true. He says, there are so many women that focus more and put more effort into their wedding oh, than they yeah. do 
on their marriage. And I think that's a really good metaphor. We're so... We put so much effort into putting the content out there. And then we go, okay, the content's out there. Mm-hmm. On to the next thing. And it's like, what you really should be going is you put the content out there and then you nurture that content and you make that content easier to um, consume, easier to access. Um, and it is those little things like, because um, I've been trying a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk stuff out recently it is like going to the effort of finding the person that's talking about what you're talking about in your blog post and going here's my two cents mm-hmm. and you know they that's that's more traffic you're going to get if you if you do it package it in the right way they're going to be curious enough to go oh let's have a look they might like it they might not but at least they've had a look and i think that's the way most people work with social media it's like create a bit of content put it out there and then just stand back uh, where i do it i do and it. i think everyone's guilty i'm guilty of it it's just because like gary v says it's, it's a massive effort to mm-hmm. do it the right way mm-hmm. but the right way is usually what's actually going to get you the results yeah but so few people want to do that because like you say with um creating a blog post like to find the person who could retweet it and actually build a relationship with them and mm-hmm. show them that you've kind of looked at what they've done your influence what they've had to say and then say okay would you retweet this suddenly you've made a much bigger connection with going someone who and then you've got all these annoying people on twitter who kind of say can you retweet this for me or they uh-huh. have an automated bot as soon as you follow them it says oh hi and um, why not follow me on facebook as well it's like you know that's a robot you know that's they've done that it's kind of like a quick fix you're hoping that someone's going to actually do that mm-hmm. but if you're being honest anybody i follow and then all of a sudden i get oh they follow me and all of a sudden i get an automatic message in my inbox saying oh thanks for following them why not check out my da here i'm like literally i only just met you and now you're trying to sell me something else yeah or, and people need to realise that's just wrong. Mm-hmm. It did work maybe a little while ago. And I think the best the best example is is it Gary Vee who gives it about the... Um, who's that company that were kind of giving like spa treatments and they're like spamming people's um, email boxes out. You know, you could um, sign up and it'd be like 50%. Oh, like off. Groupon. Groupon, exactly. Uh-huh. He uses that example of Groupon. It's like everyone loves Groupon initially when you're getting all these great deals. But then when every morning they're asking you, do you want a spa treatment? Mm-hmm. You, it became spam. And I think... That's what's happened. People always try to find these really quick tactics or automation uh-huh. and just ways around to kind of get loads of followers or get people to go to your content. Mm-hmm. And then before long, everybody knows that tactic and everybody's yeah. doing it. And then everybody gets pissed off and then yeah. you're, just, you're just winding people up. And he said he basically says is actually that's not where that's not where you're going to build relationships. That's not where you're going to get long term customers. Mm-hmm. It's like a very short game, and the short game runs out really fast. Yeah, very very quick. Um, and I, I think he puts it as a really nice thing. He was like, social media is like, it's social. Social is human. Mm-hmm. So come across as human. And and he, he kind of also refers to, you know, the problem with so many people on social media is they're behaving like 19-year-old guys mm-hmm. that are trying to get into the bedroom on the first move. And it's, it is, it's, the social media is about relationships, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. That is why everybody is there to engage in conversations to en- okay yes some people are going look at me but those are also the people that don't have that great of a following they're the narcissistic people they're the ones going me 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 yeah, follow the- me back follow me back uh-huh. <laughs> whereas the people I mean how many times do you see people go see people put like retweet things where people are like this is a new one I'm going to follow everyone back in the next 15 minutes have you seen that one that's a new no. one um yeah these people just putting a picture of themselves out and they go like usually a suggestive picture (laughs) (laughs) just being like i'm gonna follow everyone back for the next 15 minutes like hell Mm -hmm. um and and people 
Gary V says this a lot. People's bullshit radars are at an all-time high. People of our generation have been sold to since we came out of our mother's wombs. Yeah, advertising straight away. Uh-huh. <laughs> and 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 so we know when we're being sold to, and I think you need to be aware of that as well. Do you think it's because like um, obviously most of these big businesses that are doing sort of um, business online, mm-hmm. they've never they've never really had to consider the consumer as much, and now it's like you're being forced to have a conversation with people where before you could be like, here's my product. I don't really need to get to know you. I don't really uh-huh. need to have a conversation with you. And I know, to be honest, this is an old... Like, this is a talk that... This should be happening years ago. But yeah. people are still playing major catch-up. We were uh-huh. talking earlier about our dads now considering having websites for their sort of building business uh-huh. for carpentry. Yeah. It's like, how do, how late are people to the party? Yeah, really late. And, and I think that's the problem. And I think, I think it's because uh, technology has moved so fast that you can't keep up. Mm-hmm. Unless you put in a lot of effort to keep up, and this and this is the thing that Gary E V is saying, it's all about effort. It's all about caring. It's all about doing enough that you don't get left behind. He he used a but and then he used a really good example. He was like some idiot. Well, they weren't. In, he didn't call them an idiot, but someone <laughs> bought ten thousand horses the day Henry Ford brought out the the first car, and it's like yeah, well that's a bit of a shit investment really <laughs> at that point and I think that's the thing like you should you can't afford at this day and age to play with yesterday's technology you have to play with today's technology or even tomorrow's technology is even better because if you can like the people with a thousand followers on Twitter like five years ago mm-hmm. they were doing really really well now if you haven't got that 1k followers on your Twitter, you're not doing very well at all. Mm-hmm. And and it scales because the more people are working out the kinks, working out the system, and working out how to be most effective. And if you aren't in that game where you're coming to early on, then you're going to get left behind. But I think, like you say, with the Twitter followers there, it's like, it's easy now. I could have 10, 20, 30, 50,000 followers, mm-hmm. but I would much rather have 100 followers who listen to my podcast mm-hmm. and ask me questions weekly. Yeah. And literally, I know that they're a good quality of person. Mm-hmm. So it seems pointless to kind of, to do these tactics. And everyone everyone brings out all these social media blogs, always put out the tactics, the tactics, the tactics. Mm-hmm. But underneath there, it's like, like what he says, like it's not all about getting new customers, it's actually like treating your treating your current customers well or making sure that they're getting a great service mm-hmm. so that they're not like running away elsewhere. Because ultimately, we are still working in a word of mouth system. Except it's not word of mouth from like, I'm telling one person. Uh-huh. It's I'm telling all my followers or I have the ability to tell all of my followers. Um, no, definitely. And I think, like like you said there, it's so powerful nowadays. Like, back in the day, we used to live in, say, a little town, a little village, and everyone would say, well, Wayne's the great uh, carpenter. If you, want your, mm-hmm. if you want your house built or whatever he's going to make, go to Wayne. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, that is scaled online, and people don't uh-huh. realise that when you go to a restaurant, most people check out TripAdvisor. When you go to watch a film, most people check out Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. When you go to see... When you go to buy something on Amazon, you make sure that... 10, even even when you go on Amazon and you see a thousand five star reviews most people will check the negative reviews uh-huh. so you'll go straight to the hundred people that uh-huh. said it was crap and you think well actually are they more convincing to me than the, the thousand that have said mm-hmm. yes and so we are looking to others more than ever and uh-huh. we can do it way faster than ever and so they, it becomes way more powerful to make sure that you know how to talk to your audience and how to communicate in a way that's going to make them speak mm-hmm. about you in a massively positive light and not only is it the the scale of it now but also when you touch on Amazon maybe think about this also 
it, because it's on a, such a big scale, there's more choice, which means quality is even more. Like, how many times... If you see a review for a seller on Amazon that has less than 97% positive <laughs> reviews, you go, mm, mm, yeah, I don't think so. And, and we're wired that way. Yeah. We're wired to say, okay, well, five went wrong. I want to look at the five that went wrong because more than likely I need to protect myself. So this could happen uh-huh. to me. I might, can I take this? Uh-huh. Can I, if this goes wrong, will this, can I take it? Yeah. And if I've got a, like, I had to get some microphones this week that I needed for filming. And I was like, I need to make sure that this is a good mic and it's coming to me and it's going to be there the next day. Mm-hmm. And so the reviews all lined up because you want to protect yourself. So you have to look for the worst possible case scenario. Yeah, exactly. And uh, another example that Gary Vaynerchuk uses, which I think is is brilliant for this kind of point, is free shipping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like his biggest day or one of the biggest days in Wine, li- in wine Library TV, he was saying, was the day that he did a free shipping day. Mm-hmm. This was... 10, 15 years ago. Um, and even still, like he was saying, he, that business is now, like I think he said, 50 times bigger. Mm-hmm. And that's still one of the record days of the entire business. Because free shipping was a new thing. And now, we don't buy shit unless there's free shipping. Well, that's what shocks me with like ASOS. Like you buy something on ASOS and they're like, they do free uh, free shipping, free de- uh, send it back for free. We'll send you another thing mm-hmm. for free. It's like they, they just, you have to do so much more nowadays. Uh-huh. And if you're not doing that, even like people step away from a purchase. If you look, you buy something, oh, I've got to pay £3.50 for shipping. Mm-hmm. It makes you think. Whereas if you said actually it's twelve ninety nine and it's free shipping, mm-hmm. people are way more likely to go and do that. It's, it's crazy how it works. But it is. You just have to do more, and people expect so much more nowadays. Mm-hmm. And it's that thing. As he says this a lot, um, not just in this keynote, but pretty much everywhere. You'll hear him say, "Marketers ruin everything," <laughs> and I think the free shipping thing is an example of that. You know, free shipping was a marketing gimmick to mm-hmm. begin with. It was like, okay, we'll come come by with us this week because you'll get free shipping all week. So it's going to be cheaper for you that way. But then that became such a success that everybody went well let's give them free shipping and then somebody went well why make that a a deal when we can that can be our unique selling point mm-hmm. you come to us because we could do free shipping that's why play did so play.com did so well for a while mm-hmm. it was because it was like guaranteed free shipping but that's what i mean but now people are gonna and then to amazon go. went well hang on a second we're losing sales to Amazon uh, to Play.com because yeah. they've got free shipping. Let's bring in Prime. Let's bring in yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's bring in Prime. Let's not talk about Prime. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. But then, like these these in the future, is it going to be that these companies? Okay, free shipping is a must. Now, am I going to give advice to people on what they should be wearing live? Mm-hmm. Can I give them advice on this outfit looks great with this one? I mean, they're already doing that in some ways, mm-hmm. but you've got to look for your own product. Like, how are you going way overboard of their expectations of, of mm-hmm. your customer? Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to talk a little bit um, about interrupt marketing a little bit. All right. Um, because as I was watching, um, he didn't actually outright say this, but he kind of implied it. And I just want to uh, get kind of your opinion on, on interrupt marketing. So uh, just to explain, so interrupt marketing is exactly what it sounds like. It's the marketing that's there that kind of, interrupt your flow so for example it's the tv commercial it's the uh commercial before you a youtube video or it's the uh the music on spotify the music the adverts on Mm -hmm. spotify you're in the flow of something and then they go here's an advert um and he kind of implied that that that's dying yeah if not dead already um 
because we can see through it now. We've had it so much that we actually, we, we've programmed ourselves to ignore it. And I'm pretty sure most people do not, if you said, okay, what was the last five seconds of that vid, that advert on that video you just watched on YouTube, you probably wouldn't have a clue. No, <laughs> no, exactly. So I, I just kind of really, because I, I, I wrote that that down, <laughs> I wrote that in the show notes because um, I'd, I'd originally put interrupt marketing dead and then I went, actually, is it dead or is it dying? Change it to dying. And as soon as you saw it, you went, no, Wayne, it is dead. I think it's, it depends, though, because I think, like I said, I, yesterday I watched the um, the greatest movie ever sold. Mm-hmm. And so obviously a lot of companies are getting way more clever of realising, like, a lot of us don't know how much advertising we actually are seeing mm-hmm. day to day mm-hmm. because it's so hidden. Like, um, let's think, for example, like in films, like I think when he says in the film, like Iron Man had so many sponsors in the film uh-huh. and the cars that are lent out to the, the film production mm-hmm. to put in, you don't realise it's a Volkswagen mm-hmm. or a Mercedes or someone's holding a can of drink and so obviously marketers are forced to get a lot cleverer mm-hmm. with what they're saying but for me I think what's changed is again like we like we say in our talk about the remote control mm-hmm. people have a choice like to, the, the emails I receive in my inbox from uh-huh. the people I'm subscribed to uh-huh. to somebody else might say that's interrupting but I've chose to be interrupted by that because it's something that is relevant to me and so uh-huh. I think that the choice is actually in the person because you everyone wants to you want to naturally buy certain things that relate mm-hmm. to who you are your mm-hmm. person as an identity mm-hmm. and so it's never interrupting if it's if it's of value to you first you won't let something interrupt you well, unless you're getting value out of it i, I kind of know what you're saying but i think because because the example you use with the greatest movie ever sold i would i would argue that's not interrupt marketing yeah it's, it's sort that's of like a, a that's that's the opposite that's subliminal marketing. Yeah, definitely. And, and and that's the way the world's gone. They've suddenly gone, okay, well we can't we can't interrupt you anymore because that's just pissing people off. Yeah. So let's let's slip it in and let's just kind of But but I still think the bullshit meters are on there. Like oh, yeah. young kids well, the know is, when the they see now, <laughs> now I mean how many times do you see reviews um, of films like I, I remember a lot of people back in the day, even iRobot, I mean, that's an old film, mm-hmm. but the amount of people that went, well, that's just a Nike commercial because mm-hmm. um, he was always wearing Nike shoes and things like that. So I th- even at that point, the companies were going, okay, well, we can't we can't just keep throwing these adverts, these blatant adverts at people's faces, so let's try and slip it. I mean, it's been going on for absolutely years in Hollywood anyway, mm-hmm. but, but now we're becoming aware of it. And I think now the next stage that's happened is because of social media and all that sort of things is we've kind of got this this middle ground as you say mm-hmm. where it is interrupt marketing but because it's based on all of your interests yeah um and quite often you know it on a youtube uh channel for example if it's a youtube channel about let's say films you yeah. know quite often it will put a movie trailer at yeah. the beginning of the video that you're going to watch so you've gone there to find out about films and they've gone well here's a movie trailer and you go okay that's a new film that i didn't know about yeah Oh, and here's the here's the content. So it's almost like it's almost like a middle ground. It's not subliminal marketing. They're not trying to trick you. They're kind of going, here's an advert, but they're going, here's an advert that's more relevant. That's towards... based on what you're actually watching. I think it's like I think to be honest though, you say it's not a small sort of clip, but like it is subliminal, and you see that they're uh-huh. they're getting in these psychologists to kind of know the way we work and how mm-hmm. we do things, and they just know now, like you say, with our generation, the young people, their bullshit meet me is so high. So you actually, if if we're only five percent conscious, you've got to tap into the ninety five percent that's not really seeing uh-huh. it, and I think that's where they're actually moving. Look at Buzzfeed; they it's great advertising. People love sharing that stuff, but mm-hmm. people are paying them. Advertisers are paying them to do articles. Mm-hmm. It's just that we're so 
it's under the radar but then again yeah. with information like what we're saying right now with um, documentaries such as the best movie ever sold it's just letting people say okay just be aware that now this is going on mm-hmm. before it used to work you didn't have a choice you couldn't even you had only five channels on your TV and you had to watch an ad mm-hmm. now like Gary Vee says like how many of you watched an ad on your Skybox pretty much no one because you'll mm-hmm. pause it while you go for a wee or a drink and when you get back you can you just fast forward. buzz past yeah. it and so they have to get cleverer marketers have to get cleverer and like Gary says so they're going to jump onto every channel they're going to try to talk in the language of the channel mm-hmm. and and that's what people have to do but when it comes down to it it's, it's really down to the company being generally believing that what they're doing is good and that's why like mm-hmm. when we were speaking to well when I was speaking to um, Greg last week like it's a product that actually has the interest at heart of the, of the customer mm-hmm. and so I think the, the companies that are looking to kind of do this subliminal or pay money to put themselves in the film are kind of like old fashioned and soon enough yeah. it's going to be like well actually I, I like this company for I like this sort of stuff they talk to me I mean, it's, it's, it's a very grey area. Marketing's yeah, yeah. marketing at the end of the day. There's yeah. no... You're always going to be sold to whatever happens. But I think companies are either having to do more sneaky techniques or they're going to have to just get to know who their customers are and really mm-hmm. speak to them in a way that they actually give a shit about but, them. Well, yeah, but and I think this is the thing. I mean, <laughs> surprise, surprise, we were talking about Apple earlier mm-hmm. um, on, on the way here, talking about, you know, the reason Apple have done so well is because, A, they're considered a luxury product, and, and B, in my opinion, is because of the experience. And, you know, talking about Weihei ice cream, the reason that's going to do well is because the story is there. Everybody knows, everybody that knows about Weihei ice cream knows why it's there. Mm-hmm. It's there because they went, we need to do, a, a, we need to produce a food product which is 100% healthy because there are hardly any food products out there on store well, shelves. No ice creams. No certainly sort of no tasty. Ice creams. Yeah, <laughs> ice certainly cream, no yeah. ice creams. Um, but but they, I think they went with. From what I could tell, they went with ice cream because it was a gap in the market, and they actually went, what they their starting point was. Let's create a really healthy food, mm-hmm. and then they chose ice cream. They didn't go. Let's make ice cream. Let's make it healthy. They went. Yeah, let's yeah. make healthy food. So let's make ice cream. Yeah. Um, and and that's why Weihei ice cream is going to do well. Um, and that's why the likes of Apple have done well because the story is there because people care about the brand and that's the thing that I think Gary Vaynerchuk says more than anything else and he really emphasises he doesn't really use the terminology but it is the brand that's the most important thing and the brand is this is what you can expect from us this is the experience you should expect from us and this is why we are here this is what we stand for and I think once you make that clear then the advertising works for itself and that's where social media is great because you it's it's an opportunity to let people in if you don't just spam people and go here's our products here's our products here's our products you're going this is what we care about you should care about it too this is why we care about it um do you want to care about it more here's some more information to make you care about it and then they go oh so you care about it now so here's something you can buy mm-hmm and I think it's like the bigger companies, though, it's usually like um, the Coca-Colas or these big corporations that have the money to bring in the the, the, psycholo- the psychologists and to add that product placement. Because a lot of the time, the like Coca-Cola couldn't go put out a um, like ad, uh, some social media posts on how healthy Coke is or how it's going to help your life. They have to do some sort of jazzy kind of, I don't know, advert that shows being fr- free and care. Mm-hmm. They have to have that story behind their brand because mm-hmm. the product itself is not a story in itself. Mm-hmm. because at the end of the day it's not a good product for the hum- for the human so they have to be elaborate they have to have this red colour that makes you feel thirsty when mm-hmm. you see it they have to have these little trickery games 
And I think that's the problem, but I think that is great for small businesses mm -hmm. because it shows that you can make a brand that is a product you generally believe in that's going to be good for somebody and you can talk about it without having to put the bloody bells and whistles around it. You can actually be proper truthful. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And plus, you're going to talk about something that you generally have a passion for doing. You're going to talk about it more. You're, you're willing to put more effort in it. Like I sometimes think, like, how do certain people work for companies that have such bad ethics in the, kind of the product that they're mm -hmm. putting out there? I think, do you not think about how what you're kind of what you're promoting into the world and i think our generation especially are becoming way more mindful of that and mm -hmm. like you see like look at coke now doing their coke life in a, and using a green label and what is that green trying to they've probably done they've probably done spent millions of finding out what tone of green makes people think mm -hmm. something's healthy mm -hmm. what if we put a green label does green mean healthy does it mean but all they've done is changed a certain chemical in it that somebody everyone's been complaining about all these health sites are complaining about and now they've been forced to do a pivot, but it's still an unhealthy product. But they put a green label and called it life, and now people well, well, suddenly I've, think I've it's healthy. Openly expressed my anger at that product because it's Coke Zero. Let's be honest, it's Coke Zero. That, that's it. But they've sp they've spent thousands, millions of pounds on on the colouring. On uh -huh. somebody has tested whether that colour is going to make people think it's a healthier product. And the fact they called it Coke Life, what does that mean? It gives me more life because I drink it. But to people who are unaware of these things, they do think, well, I'm not going for the Coke Zero. I'm not going for the Coke Diet Coke has got aspartame. I've heard how bad that is. Mm -hmm. Full fat's just terrible calorie wise. Okay, the Coke Life must be a better option for me. And they're addicted to Coke, so they're going to go for it. I don't want to go on a rant except, about except, Coke. But. Yeah, I know, but I, except I don't think. I I don't think they've the, the people that are buying coke life and i don't mean to disrespect anybody that is buying coke life <laughs> but i don't think they're looking at it going oh well full fat coke is blah 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 blah. because if they were thinking that deep they wouldn't be drinking coke at all but the the thing is automatically the impulse buy goes that must be healthier yeah and the green does that because that is mm -hmm. what you've associated you look at most like healthy branding they've got something green in there because people think a grass a meadow a field mm -hmm. is probably a healthy <laughs> it's like some, somebody somewhere must go this coke is organic <laughs> exactly but that's what it gets to and it does get to that when people start putting all those mm -hmm. sort of stuff on there mm -hmm. So, we've been riffing <laughs> we have I've lost where we are <laughs> I don't really know where we are either um so, oh, I want to talk um, a little bit about because um, he kind of says he uses the uh, term stream economy. Stream economy. The stream economy. Mm. So I can't really, I can't really explain You're too well because to he does mate. it physically. So I imagine, imagine you're holding your phone and you're flicking through Twitter. Yeah, like that's how quick it is. So you need to understand micro content because it's going by so fast that people can't really take it in. So it, and that's oh, there you go. I've linked it in. So that's why internet marketing is dying because it goes by so fast it barely interrupts you anymore okay um, and plus when you see I know even with Twitter though when you see those ads and it says like install now or mm -hmm. find out more and literally I have never clicked one no so you just literally flick past it so fast yeah. but again that is somebody on the other end has seen that as an impression and mm -hmm. says okay somebody saw my ad and mm -hmm. so there are, there are several there are several problems here I mean first of all he uses the the uh, <laughs> he says to everybody there he says so um, when you are driving home is <laughs> from this conference have a look around have a look at the other people driving he's like yeah. I can he, look at five people he's like I can guarantee three of them are, are texting or on their phone and he's like and yet companies are spending billions millions thousands of pounds on billboards mm -hmm. he's like and they're not even looking at the road let alone <laughs> the billboards around the road um and I think he, the, the point he's trying to make there is there's no point spending the money marketing to places where people aren't 
there. Like, the high street these days is social media. It is Twitter. It is Facebook. That's where... Imagine your posts as your little chalkboard outside your shop mm-hmm. where you go. And, and, you know, people have tried all sorts of crazy ones. I've seen one... Oh, went, the pub ones, they yeah, do all the funny went, jokes. Sex! Yeah. And he says, right, now we've got your attention. We've got this offer on. Uh-huh. Um, and things like that, which is a great example of internet marketing. And the, uh, there was another one when I was in Glasgow over the summer. It said, it said something like... Something like um, it said, uh, we are the home of topless barmaids um, free beer and false advertising <laughs> which I thought was really good but those things stand out And but most people are in the social media space most of the time so that's where you should be advertising you shouldn't be spending loads of money trying to put adverts in these little magazines I mean the publishing industry is dying anyway so mm-hmm. why spend money in the pu- advertising in the publishing industry and I, for example well he puts the like he says he says like market in the year you're in and I think that's mm-hmm. so true like too many people are playing in the, the years way past and so yeah it just needs to be updated in a way I was going to say something after that but I totally lost what I was going to say <laughs> It happens, it happens. It happens. We riff too much sometimes, I feel. We riff ourselves <laughs> into oblivion. Um, so, yeah, so another thing that he says is, and again, it goes back to this long game and the short wins. He's like, we are so focused these days on getting new customers. And his argument is, why focus on getting new customers when you can focus on treating your current customers and retaining your current customers because you offer such an amazing service. Um, I think he uses an example where he, he sent one of his clients to a basketball game or a baseball game or some a football game or whatever. Um, and he says, and, and that cost me more than the profit I've made on that mm-hmm. customer. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember this bit. But that customer is now going to tell all of his friends about the fact that I sent him to a game because I know that he likes that team. This is what I want to talk about. It's coming back to me now. It's kind of that idea that, like you say, you can now pinpoint, you can find your customer. Like you say, mm-hmm. you can search into um, onto Facebook, you can search onto Twitter, so you can actually delve into that conversation. Mm-hmm. And one thing he talks about, which I think is literally can apply to any business, whether you're trying to find customers, whether you're trying to um, get a job, mm-hmm. is like, think about if you're looking for a certain person, just he calls it like emotional mapping. Uh-huh. Like get into the emotion of that person, find out who they are. And to be honest, it's easy to do because online it's people so are talking. Easy to do. You it's could, so easy you to do. You can find out what Wayne's interested in by listening to the podcast mm-hmm. and looking at his Twitter and you can be mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll send Wayne an article on acting and how it relates to Apple in some way. Mm-hmm. And Wayne is more likely to be like, oh, thanks for sharing and contact you. And I think that's what people really need to see. Well, I mean, I, I, used, I used this tactic the other day um, and... Um, I can't remember what your name. I've got a feeling it was Sophia. So, Sophia, if you're listening, I apologise. You were my guinea pig. Um, <laughs> but um, we've got a blog post on on tapthetable.com, which is my production company. Little plug. Um, and the blog post is 12 ways to stay creative. So, I was like, okay, well, that's one of our popular blog posts. So, who's going to want to read that? It's going to be someone with creative blog. So, I went to Twitter and I typed in hashtag creative blog. And I got a list of people that were going, uh, you know, I think this one girl said... Uh, you know, I've I've put the writing aside for today. Um, I'm going to hit it again tomorrow. Um, hashtag creative blog. So mm-hmm. I just sent them a little tweet going, oh, that's a real shame. Um, hopefully this will get you off to a good start tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Hashtag creative blog. Link to the post. Yeah. And whether or not she read it, I don't know, but she certainly favorited the tweet. 
Exactly, but that's building a relationship. That's, but that is effort. For most people, mm-hmm. that is effort. They'd rather put it out into the stream and hope that somebody allows them. Hope that somebody that's got a creative block goes, oh yeah, that's handy, I'll retweet that. Mm-hmm. Rather than going to pick someone that has creative block, that you know has creative block, and going, there's some content for you. Mm-hmm. And and that's that that's kind of the difference. It's we're in a we're in a world because the old school marketing has been just put it out there, put it out to as many people as you can. And actually the argument can be made that actually it's more valuable now to put it out to less people but put it out to appropriate people. I guess most people have been putting out this this hook into an ocean where mm-hmm. now they can actually say, well, the pond with the kind of fish I want to catch is actually over there yeah. and let me put my hook in and be uh-huh. more likely to get the person I want. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Craziness. It is, it is. But um, there's another thing that I've been doing recently as well. Like, There's a new um, social media, it's kind of social media platform called Street Life. Mm-hmm. And you kind of sign up and you can actually see what people need in your area. And that's even better for businesses. Oh, wow. Because now people, you can say, okay, I see people saying, oh, I'm, I'm looking to do a yoga class. Or mm-hmm. I'm, does anybody know a, a builder in my area? Or does anybody know I need to, to get rid of my sofa? And now people are actually telling you the kind of business they need. And then it's mm-hmm. making it so easier for a site of business to come in there and say, okay, well, actually, that's my service. Check mm-hmm. out my website. I can do that for you. Mm-hmm. And so more than ever, people are telling you what they need. So you don't have to be playing the the massive put it out there and hope somebody sees it or yeah. one person sees it. You can actually, like I say, that pond is so much smaller. You can actually find the people you need nowadays. And the brilliant thing about social media as well is even if you can't find it, just ask. You can literally just go, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. And your audience will probably tell you. If you've got a, an audience that engages with you, they'll probably just go, yeah, I'm really struggling with this right now. And then someone else could chip in and go, yeah, I'm really struggling with that too. And you go, okay, right, so this is a problem for some people. Let me address that, whether that's in a, a free blog post, whether that's in a whole new product, depending on the scale and, and difficulty of the, of the thing that people are struggling with. But you have that power to literally find out exactly what your market needs. So you may as well take it. Another thing that I, I want to talk about, he, he talks about, and I th- we've kind of touched on this a little bit already, um, but he talks about um, when the TV first came out and when TV commercials first started, um, Barbie, I think he said it was, mm-hmm. put out a TV commercial. And the TV commercial was a guy sitting in a chair reading from a script, a, a radio advert script. Oh, my God. That was the first, one of the first TV adverts. And it was because they didn't understand the context of the platform that they were on. Like, for example, TV is about what you see. The, sc- the screen stuff is... A- I always use this as a comp- comparison between like films, books, TV, plays, and things like that. So a film is about what you see, a play is about what is said, and a book is about what is thought mm-hmm. in terms of entertainment. And, and it's under, again, it goes back to understanding the context of why people are there. Like YouTube, okay, yes, you can put audio content out on YouTube and just put a little picture, which is great if somebody wants to play something in the background, but that's not why people go to YouTube. Definitely. People go to YouTube to watch something visual. Mm-hmm. And that's also why, for example, Gary Vaynerchuk's podcast, though I appreciate what he's doing by taking the content from the, uh, the video, YouTube, YouTube yeah. video and putting it onto the podcast... Yeah. I don't appreciate the podcast all that much. I would rather him do a Gary V show and ask Gary V show yeah, yeah, on yeah. YouTube and then do a second ask. It. Maybe even if it's just a, this is a bonus question for the podcast viewers. Yeah. Uh, which is done purely through audio. But, but I think like it's, but again, I'm, I think that's a great question to ask him because mm-hmm. I think he would say, actually, that's true. I am not putting in enough effort to make this podcast, like make a podcast separately. Mm-hmm. 
like like you say as well because when you're listening to the podcast I listen to podcasts you watch the video mm-hmm. in the podcast he says oh I'm just going to go around the table and show you these guys yeah. and suddenly you're like well actually I'm, 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 not, I'm, I'm not in on that conversation uh-huh. now because I'm on I'm listening to a different language of it and we do the same because mm-hmm. I put my pod- the podcast out on YouTube it's not very popular but because it's not in the right language on the mm-hmm. platform so everybody does it but being in the right language on the right platform is where you're probably going to get the most results yeah definitely 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 cool so i know that we've covered a lot of stuff there I, think. I know i feel like we've covered most things that we said that we wanted to say really i think so i think there's most plenty things. Uh, let me just have a i'm i'm just gonna break the fourth wall here and literally just say i'm just gonna have a flick through our little list of things um <laughs> we'll play some like gentle music here yeah, just to pass some, some elevator time. music yeah. i just i just feel like i just got a feeling there's something that we've missed here um, i think we've covered it mate i think we've been on top form Ah, that's what I wanted to say. Oh, he's found something. So, Gary Vaynerchuk mentions return on investment of a piano. (laughs) (laughs) So, to put it into context, a lot of people... The reason a lot of people struggle on social media is because, as he says, it takes a lot of time and it's a lot of effort to get it right. And he asks the audience, he says, you know, what's the the return on, on investment of a piano? He said, for me, return on investment of a piano is jack shit i think that's to quote him directly <laughs> yeah. jack shit um and the reason is is he can't play piano but the return on investment for a piano to the likes of elton john beethoven all that sort of people is huge because they are good at it at it so what he's saying is if you want to be good at if you want to get the most out of social media you have to get good at it. And most people suck at it. <laughs> and I think that's what you see. Like you see a lot of big companies or people who are kind of starting their own business say, well, I'm going to get some interns in to manage my social media. So what you've basically done is bought them a piano and hired someone in who cannot play the piano. And, <laughs> yeah. and in hoping that they're going to be great at finding new business. It's just not the right way to go around it. So yeah, I love that analogy. It yeah. makes so much sense. I, I really, really liked it. And I think that's actually quite a good place to start rounding it up i think the key to all of this is just put in the time because really the people that don't put in you can tell from a mile off the people that just don't put in the time to the social media in fact i was actually having a look at um at my company's uh twitter feed earlier just to kind of see like what's the feel that we're putting across here and actually the problem we have right now is we're putting out content 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 which are our jabs that we're not going for right hooks because it's not just our content. In fact, a lot of it is quotes and things like that. But very, very rarely is there just a tweet where we're talking about anything. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no. The, I think you've said that to yeah. me before. It's like, oh yeah, you're sharing a lot of your content on a blog, mm-hmm. but I want to know a little bit. Of, like, what mm-hmm. else are you doing? Or yeah, exactly. and so I have tried to kind of mix it in with articles here uh-huh. and there as well. And I, I think it's it, it's all about really trying things experimenting and and you know what there are so many people like gary vaynerchuk that are actually really really good at this so just pay attention to what they're saying and what they're doing and really put it it is a worthwhile investment because all of the money that you could spend on marketing on billboards magazines on websites and all sorts you could actually save so much money just by investing the time into social media to get it right and if you do that, your audience is going to appreciate it. Your audience are going to love you for it. And then they're going to share your your message with everybody else. Because it's the experience that they're getting is fantastic. 
Plus, you're just doing what you're doing. Three percent. You're the three percent who is doing mm-hmm. something so much more than everybody mm-hmm. else. So you're definitely going to get bigger results. But like I say to people who come to me saying, "Oh, Jim, you do social media management. Can you? Can I do a one month trial?" It's just like that is not going to happen no. because it's not a one month game. If you're in it, you're in it, and it's not about me doing it because you need to care enough that you're going to be doing social media as well. Because I need, I need to know who you are, what your philosophy is, what. Inside out, it's so hard to kind of outsource. A lot of these companies go to like agencies, but mm-hmm. only the best agencies are the ones that really sort of delve into and actually give a crap. So, mm-hmm. And it almost goes back to what we've said a lot of the time. And it goes back... It's, again, I think as um, Greg said last week, it has become a bit of a cliche, but you really have to love what you're doing, particularly when it comes to the social media side of things, because if you don't love what you're doing... You're not going to put in that extra two hours where you're researching, you know, all of the people that are potentially in your market through Twitter. I know that uh, Gary Vaynerchuk says, you know, he used to spend like the first few hours of every day when he was doing on Wine Library TV on social media. Mm-hmm. That was the bulk of his day was sitting on social media, browsing through social media, Find finding people, people talking, talking about, about yeah. wine and things like that and jumping into the conversation. And that's what you've got to do. And I think that's where so many... I mean, there's no point. I mean, okay, yes, the big businesses do it because of the scale of it. And that's where the small businesses have such an advantage because the big businesses are going, okay, this is our product that we're really passionate about, but we don't have the time to do the social media side. So let's hire someone to do it. And that's great. Or they have such regulations to what can be said Uh or what kind of voice and what kind of tone Mm -hmm. and someone has to sign off the kind of tweet and... And it just just removes the the human element. It removes the passion element out of it. And, And so it's going to be less than effective. Whereas if it is you, the owner of the business, spending a lot of time on social media, which, okay, yes, isn't always possible, but even just an investment of even just an hour a week where you just absolutely, to quote Gary Gravainerchuk, crush it on social media, it's going to have such a good positive impact. I think that's a good way place to end then. I know we've got a couple so. of takeaways, but I think we've covered it. You just need to sort of embrace that long game give a shit about your audience find out who the hell your audience are Mm -hmm. and just crush it be present in that moment when you're doing social media like as he says like um, everybody knows tactics but it's the people who know how to be the most human are going to get the best results and that's it that's what you've got to do and actually as an example I I was here the other day and I said to you it completely made my day Um, one of my followers on Twitter um, from my personal followers I tweet about all the geeky stuff that I'm into all the time on Twitter it's got nothing to do with my acting but it's something I enjoy talking about and so uh, one of my followers when Marvel announced all of their big film slate and DC had announced all their film slate they just sent me an image I don't I've never met this person they don't really know me personally they just know me from my online activities they just sent me an image of all of the superhero movies from every film studio lined up for the next five years which I've been trying to work out in my head um, because there's a lot of them coming and it completely made my day well you shared it with me Uh yeah exactly (laughs) you spoke about it and you've been speaking about it on the podcast so that person's gone and been so human that you Mm -hmm. want to talk about Mm -hmm. but even even I kind of think that's also from my side is the fact that I'm not going look at my acting stuff look at my acting stuff look at my acting stuff I'm talking about other stuff as well that interests me that interests followers as well clearly and and so they've built a relationship with me to the level that they go Wayne will really love this good stuff so be human be mindful and then you will crush it yes 
Cool. So we're going to wrap things up. So um, again, if you want to ask us any questions about this episode or any other episodes or tell us what you think or whether you'd like to ask questions to us that you want us to give our tuppence on, um, you can <laughs> you can email me at gem at powerfulnonsense.com and that's gem spelled C-E-M. Or you could email me at wayne at powerfulnonsense.com. You can also tweet us and that's well tweet me at C-K-Y-I-L-D-I-Z. Or you could tweet me at wayne underscore Ingram. And um, as you say, Gary Vaynerchuk's got a few books out. He's mm-hmm. got Jab, Jab, Jab. Is it Left Hook? Right Hook. Right Hook. Why do I keep saying Left Hook? Right Hook. And he also has Crush It. And you can get Crush It. You can download it for free mm-hmm. if you go to um, www.audibletrial.com slash nonsense. And you can get Crush It for absolutely free. And I am actually currently listening to Crush It. And it is very enjoyable. And I've got to say, it's actually worth it rather than getting the book. Because Gary Vaynerchuk, being Gary Vaynerchuk goes off script so often because he's sometimes had a has a thought where he's gone oh actually uh, I, did, I forgot to include this in the book or something's changed since he wrote it onto the audio recording so he'll, like I think in the first 15 <laughs> minutes he went off script about five times so he's a bit like us loves a bit of riffing just yeah. going off tangent exactly extremely. yeah <laughs> it's almost bonus content so it is worth checking out and it is a really real enjoyable listen Cool. And if you have any, I mean, if you've listened to this and you've got some value out of it and you know a friend who might also get some value out of it or someone who is literally doing rubbish on Twitter and you're really peed off with the kind of content they're putting out, <laughs> send it over to them. Say, look, you need to listen to this because your automation is killing me and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to unfollow you. So send it over to that person. I am bored of seeing your botty tweets going out that clearly you wrote 10 years ago <laughs> and it just keep posting them again and again and again. Please stop. Stop it. Okay, and finally, um, yeah, if you want to review us on iTunes, that helps. We've been jumping up the rankings, actually. We have. We're very happy with ourselves. So we were, what right were now. we, like 20-something? We were 20-something, and it was mm-hmm. great, and it always it always mm-hmm. uh, tickles our egos or scratches our egos. <laughs> I or... thought you were going to say tickles something else for a second. Uh, no, well, it does tickle that sometimes. <laughs> Depends how happy, what kind of mood it puts me in. But yeah, so any reviews are really, really mm-hmm. great. So mm-hmm. um, and thanks for listening today. Yeah, I was I, I was going to say this, actually. I was thinking about this the other day. I, I, I haven't said... I, I mean, we have, but I really want to kind of put a flag in the ground and just say thank you so much for just those people that are consistently listening like you in particular are the reason that we keep shooting up in the in the rankings on itunes is those people that have subscribed and listened to every episode and so i just kind of want to take a moment of gratitude and just say thank you very much because if it wasn't for you guys we probably wouldn't still be doing this now and we're having a lot of fun and we want to keep mm-hmm. going so thanks yeah again mm-hmm. exactly what wayne said we appreciate it so much and we just want to keep giving you great content we love doing what we're doing so mm-hmm. thank you and also please genuinely if you do have anything you want us to talk about please just let us know because i mean that we will happily incorporate that into into the content that we're producing so honestly if there is something that you're going ah oh, even if it's just any question i would love one day to be able to just do a question answer podcast episode Definitely. I think that would be that. freaking awesome. So if you have any questions, even if it's just like, oh, I'm in this situation, what should I do? Just email us and we'll try and pop it in the show. Cool. So um, thanks for listening and have a great week. We've got some wicked li- um, interviews lined up mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. um, stay tuned. Yeah. 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 Tune in. Yeah. T- yeah. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Have a good week, everybody. You See you too. later. Bye.